You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. Born in Argentina, growing up in New York and Chile, Ariel Dorfman became cultural advisor to socialist president Salvador Allende when the Allende Chilean government was toppled in the military coup of September 11, 1973. Dorfman was among a handful of Allende's inner circle to survive. With us today is Peter Raymond, the director of the new documentary, A Promise to the Dead, The Exiled Journey of Ariel Dorfman, an exploration of memory, longing, and democracy through the words and memories of the playwright, author, and activist. Canadian Peter Raymond is the producer and director of over 100 documentary films during a 30-year career. Peter Raymond, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Well, I'm okay. I just spent a lovely afternoon in the countryside of the Netherlands visiting an art gallery, and I'm driving back to Amsterdam on the highway. I hope to the connections are right. Yes, just wondering uh, how, how you came across Ariel Dorfman. Can you tell that story of how the two of you met? Sure. I, I was invited to uh, a documentary film festival in Durham, North Carolina, where Ariel teaches at Duke University, the full-frame documentary film festival, which is a great event, by the way. Uh-huh. And they were showing my, my previous film, uh, Shake Hands with the Devil, The yes. Journey of Romeo Dallaire, which is a film about the genocide in Rwanda yes. and about the Canadian general who commanded the UN peacekeeping troops during the during that horrible time. Uh-huh. And, and Ariel, Ariel uh, was moderating a panel, a discussion that I was invited to, uh, the artist in a time of war, and he started this discussion by reading this beautiful poem he'd written just on the occasion of moderating a discussion. Uh-huh. And he'd watched all our film, chosen clips from it, and he was very well organized and wonderful and energetic and humorous. And I just fell in love with the guy, and, and I thought that, wow, if this man was going back to sometime, it would be wonderful to follow him and uh, and make a documentary film. So we hit it off. We, he sent me his books, sent him some of my films. We just started planning to make a film together. How much uh, film did you run off with uh, Mr. Dorfman? Was it was this a, lot, a big editing job, or uh, how did that work? It was a very big editing job. These documentary films I make are very much cinema verite. You just film whatever's happening, and you go with the flow, and get back into the cutting room and, and deal with the stuff. It took us three or four months in the editing room to uh-huh. make a documentary film out of it. Did you have a good idea where you were going to end up when you sat down with the film, or did the pretty much uh, reveal itself as you were editing. I find that the documentaries kind of reveal themselves in the cutting room. You know, I really didn't know where we were going to start. And, I mean, it was a journey from from his home to Chile and to uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, and back. But you never really know where the film will, will begin. Yeah. An extraordinary event happened while we were there in Santiago. Pinochet died. Yes. Yeah. The, the general who orchestrated the, the coup, backed, of course, by the Nixon administration at the time, the United States. So the death of Pinochet was a very dramatic, very traumatic event in the life of many Chileans. There's still estimated about 30% of the population who support Pinochet, who still consider Pinochet to be a great man and a great president of their country. It provided us a very useful sort of ending for our film. <laughs> right. 
the uh, minutes that you captured there of Ariel Dorfman watching the news come across the TV were just, they were surreal. I mean, you don't usually see things like that in a documentary. Yeah, it just happened, and we were there. Just real quick, I, I, people who who may not understand all the ramifications of all this, the president of, of Chile during this period of time that Ariel Dorfman uh, was living in Chile, uh, Salvador Allende had been elected. He was considered by people here in America to be a Marxist. I don't know if he would self-categorize himself as that. I certainly think he was a social progressive. Dorfman assumed a role in as an advisor to Allende, and then the, really the trouble began when when the U.S. administration, that would be the Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger administration, started making noises about how dangerous it was to have another Marxist government in the uh, in our hemisphere. That's a good uh, pricey of, of, of a very complex and complicated history. Uh, yes, uh, put himself in a very dangerous position by agreeing to be the cultural advisor to Salvador Allende. He was he was a very well respected writer and poet and activist. Very very fortunate to escape with his life. All the inner circle, the people of Allende, were were killed, many of them were tortured, many of them were disappeared. The man who was in charge of kind of phoning people over the, the, the morning of the coup, early that morning, and bringing everyone together at the presidential palace, uh, struck Ariel Dorfman's name off the list. He didn't get the phone call. This man also survived, and Ariel was able to ask him later, why, why wasn't I called? Why did you remove my name from the list? And, and he said, well, somebody had to live to tell the story. At one point, we, we, we thought we should title our film, Somebody Had to Live to Tell the Story, but Ariel has since then very much became someone who wanted to keep promises to all those dead people, and saw himself as a kind of a bridge between Chile and the United States, between the two Americas. He's fluently, perfectly bilingual in English and Spanish, having grown up in both the United States and Chile, so... He serves, I think, a very, very useful and important role. There, there's a scene in, in the documentary in which uh, Ariel is standing on a street, a street corner, really, and he's this is right out in front of, or it's the street that leads past the presidential palace, and uh, then there you cu- intercut that with some archive footage of the literally the the fighting that was going on, the the, the shooting that was going on the day of the coup. Which, by the way, eerie as it sounds, this was also a September 11th occurrence but uh, there's Dorfman standing on the corner talking about how he had his wife in the car on one one side and he had essentially the undoing of his dream on the other and he was he was trying to make he had to make a decision whether or not to walk down that street which would have certainly led to his his own death it's a quite moving scene for him to be very passionately he speaks very passionately and intimately about that moment reliving it as he's standing there on that street corner part of the decision was he puts it that he was a coward, that he he knew it, that it was, he would probably have died. He still wonders about the decision even till this day. I'm certainly glad that he decided to walk back to the car, get back into the car with his wife. He ended up living in safe houses for several weeks, taking refuge eventually in the Argentinian embassy in Santiago and then escaping to Argentina and then on to Paris and then here to Amsterdam where you're speaking to me from, where he lived for four years in exile. Oh, he's being kind of hard on himself to think of himself as a coward. It takes a certain amount of courage to turn the other way, too. There'd be a, a lot of other things he had to face along the way. On the historic footage that you got, is was there any difficulty in getting any of that older footage? Was there any story behind that? 
there's an extraordinary three-hour documentary called The Battle of Chile. It's a beautiful film. Patricio Guzman's the filmmaker, and so a lot of that uh, that great archival material came from Patricio's film. And then we, we, we secured archival footage from many, many sisters around the world. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Peter Remont, and the film is A Promise to the Dead, The Ex- Exile, Journey of Ariel Dorfman. And that's a key word in this. Dorfman speaks often in the film of being an exile, of being someone who lives in many different worlds. How do you view him? North American, South American, uh, citizen of the world? I'm a Canadian. I feel very much a Canadian, but I think many Canadians feel like they're citizens of the world ah. because we, we tend to travel a lot. We live in different cultures. We, we're we just outside. We're not inside the belly of the beast, as it were, mm-hmm. that being the United States. Yeah. People sometimes <laughs> uh, talk about it as sleeping with an elephant. But, you know, I think as a result, we're able to see somehow sometimes the pattern, uh, the bigger picture, that it's possible when you're inside the belly of the beast, as it were. But I think more and more people feel that they are citizens of the world, whether they're Canadians or Americans or people living here in, in the Netherlands, where I happen to be today. But the world has gotten so much smaller because of the Internet, because of instantaneous communication. And I think more and more we, it's important that we feel that way, that we feel that we are our brother's keeper, that a, that a human rights violation in Chile or Rwanda or wherever it exists occurs in the world is that a violation of every human being uh-huh. uh, living in the United States or Canada or wherever we happen to be. Is that how Dorfman feels, you think? Oh, very much so. Yeah. He has a home in Durham, North Carolina. He has a home in Santiago. He still feels very much at home, I think, in Buenos Aires, where he was born. He feels very much at home here in, in, in Amsterdam, where we had an extraordinary screening of the film last night for all of his Dutch friends. Is that part of the uh, international uh, documentary festival? Yes, we're here at Hitchfo, which is a wonderful international documentary film festival. What happened there at the screening? Is there anything uh, remarkable you'd like to share with us? Well, I've had the privilege now of, of being invited to quite a few film festivals, the Toronto International Film Festival, where we had the film's premiere, and it's, and it's also being shown in Havana at the Latin American Film Festival early next month. But, but I've been, been to many screenings of this film in Germany and England, and I, this was the most emotional event of all. I mean, there were many people in the audience who were crying almost throughout the film. I, I, I found myself welling up in tears several times. I don't know what it was about the, the atmosphere in the room that night, but you could hear a pin drop. A big, people were glued to the screen. Many of the people in the audience knew Ariel Dorfman personally and were, were friends with him and, and knew of, of the exile that he had he'd been through and had sheltered him and welcomed him to Amsterdam when he came here with his, with his wife and his young son after narrowly escaping death in, in Chile. So it was a profoundly emotional, intimate Wonderful, wonderful screening last night. How does he feel about the future of Chile now? Is he spending more time there? Is he plan on spending more time there? Well, I wouldn't want to speak for, for yeah. Ariel Dorfman, that's for sure. Yeah. And it would be great if you could have an opportunity to speak to him personally. Yeah. I mean, I can speak for myself. I think Canadians in particular feel very close to Chileans. There are a lot of Chileans who, who ended up living in Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, in Canada, after the coup, people who fled that horrific experience and were, and were given shelter in Canada. And I, I think there are a lot of links between people in North and South America. You know, it's, it's strange in this world today. I think a, a lot of people in, in North America feel 
that they know more about some countries in Africa than they know countries in South America, in our own hemisphere. Yeah. You know, we are brothers and sisters, and, and there's a lot of commonality and common experience among us. And that country is trying to pull itself back together, coming back from the, uh, a horrific period of dictatorship and human rights violations. And I think we all should reach out to the people of Chile and, and do whatever we can to help this new government. I want to remind our listeners, speaking with Peter Remont, and the film is A Promise to the Dead, The Exiled Journey of Ariel Dorfman. Before we let you get away, I also want to point out that you uh, have uh, White Pine Pictures, which you have produced and directed many, many documentaries. And I was looking at the list, and this one on Bhopal looks like uh, it had to have been a remarkable journey for you to put that together. I've always felt that the role of the documentary filmmaker is to shine a bright light into dark places, you know, and one of the darkest places in recent memory uh, was Bhopal, India, where a, a union carbide a pesticide plant uh, leaked this uh, poisonous gas into the air in the middle of the night, and something like 20,000 people died. It was horrific, and tens of thousands of people permanently injured. There are now children still uh, being born with, with birth defects whose mothers were very young girls at the time. So uh, this is one of the horrible tragedies that, that keeps growing in a way. No one's really taken responsibility for it. There was a payment by, by Dow Chemical who ended up uh, purchasing Union Carbide, uh, payment made to the government of India. But very, very little of that money has reached the people who suffered. Mm. Uh, do you have anything uh, you're working on right now? Oh, I'm working on a number of new uh, projects, uh, documentaries, and we're doing a drama series for the first time, a 13-part series called The Border, about all the, the intrigue and drama that occur along the Canada-U.S. border in this <laughs> post-9-11 world. There's a lot of projects, a lot of work to be done. Most of my work focuses on, on human rights and social justice issues. It really is a remarkable body of work. I was just looking through the stuff in production, and... Uh, this one on Hitler and his chief ideologue, this Otto Strasser, looks like a remarkable film. Continue the good work. A Promise to the Dead is on the Academy Award shortlist. That's where they narrow it down to the 15 films that will be, of those five will be selected for the Academy uh, consideration for best documentary. Yours is on that list. Uh, obviously, it deserves to be there. And really, continue the good work, Peter Ramont. Thank you very much. It's been very nice talking to you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.